Time now for another Thrash Pie Radio podcast. This is where I get to celebrate the history, the pure rock years at KNAC-FM, Southern California's heavy metal flagship FM radio station. Today, not quite a departure from the history of it, as we will be talking to one of the KNAC graduates, so to speak. This fellow was very instrumental in, geez, the local scene, helping local musicians come along in the world of of the recording business at that time in the 80s and 90s, and uh, was very kind recently to help me with the Thrash Pie Radio two-hour demo that we produced here recently, and will be part of it again. Um, His show was called the KNAC Local Show, and Craig Williams is once again my guest for this particular podcast. The subject came up with Craig and I about the tragedy that has befallen the Los Angeles club scene and for across the entire country, uh, for all I know. And I had enlightened him as to a group of people coming along called the OC Music League, Orange County Music League. This is a group of people coming along in the music business who were just as shocked as everyone is about the whole pay-for-play business that just uh, really inhibits artistic growth in our in our local community. So when I spoke to Craig, we uh, you know we both are of the same opinion, according uh, or rather uh, concerning the pay-for-play business. Yeah, the whole pay-to-play, and the, that was just that was one of the many sticks, you know, the pay-to-play, and then just the especially up on the Sunset Strip, all the you know, just the the authority, the man putting their thumb on everything, going, "You can't do that, you can't do that," you know. And to me, L.A., I mean, there's really not any good places to play anymore, or you know, there haven't been for years, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, yes, there's still the whiskey and the rocks, and that's all up there. But shoot, you know, who wants to go out and spend twenty dollars to pay to park? I went to a show at, it used to be called the Palace. I don't know what it's called now. Maybe the Avalon. I'm not sure. But I mean, I went to see a show there recently, like six months ago, and I was paying almost fifty dollars to park. That was twice what I paid for the ticket. It's just insane. So. Well, there's a lot always work to be done on you know the local club scene for up and coming musicians because unfortunately the focus of music these days is not in the L.A. club scene at all. This Orange County Music League sounds like they might have something to do with Burger Records, too, which is an Orange County record store label. They're, they're kind of trying to bring back vinyl and all that kind of stuff. Well, they might be. You know, vinyl has had a resurgence. Uh, music's going to be in the cloud at some point, all of it. You know, vinyl is, is fun. And, you know, it's all my son collects vinyl. He's 20. So does mine. He's my, my son, he's, he goes to shows. He's 17. We used to, when we were 16, 17 years old, we were driving our car to a show. He Ubers places. He's learned how to take the train and the bus and stuff to go to clubs and whatever. Hey, Uber's smart. It's a smart way to go. You know, all you got to do is hit that app when you're ready to go home and they come get you, you know? Exactly. We got a little sidetracked into the into the vinyl business there, but as long as we were on that subject, I want to direct you to uh, a pretty important documentary film that was produced by a friend of ours here at L.A. Radio Studio, a guy named Kevin Poor, who has a show done here, produced here, uh, called Nights at the Sound Table. People uh, hanging around and very knowledgeable people about music talking about the subject they love, which is, in fact, music. So while you have that in mind, let me uh, bring Craig on again to talk about 
<laughs> a story from back in the day that many will recognize. I got into a big feud at the Troubadour over the pay-to-play years ago because they wanted to use the local show, like the local show live thing. I said, I'll give you the band. If they want to sell tickets, fine. But you can't say you have to sell X amount of tickets. You know, I said, I will get you people in the door. I booked a show. Two of the bands called me, go, hey, man, he's making us pay for tickets. And I went, fuck that, you know, and I just kind of said, hey, this will be our last show. I'm going to put my name on it because I can't have this. It makes me look bad because I'm against it. And, of course, the show was Green Jello with the Troubadour. It was a madhouse. Right. I remember that. So like, I said, do you want these kind of lines here? You know, you got to do it my way. You know, that's an interesting point you just brought up because I was thinking about the times and, um, you know, Green Jello was 92-3-ish, right? Well, and, the, the, you know, the whole uh, metal scene, certainly, on the Strip had calmed down, I think. You know, the hair band thing was huge there in the late 80s. When that was fading, club owners, or the promoters, rather, I should say, figured, oh, well, we've got to make some money somewhere. Because we've been making a lot of money when, the, when everything was popular up here. And, well, you know, we've got to get it back somewhere. So they make a shitload on the bar. But, you know, they, they screw the bands out of it, so I don't so, know. Yeah, what they, what they would do most of the time was is they would pick one of the, the hot couple strip bands where at the time, you know, the Blackboard Jungle or the swinging thing. Big Bang Babies. Big Bang Babies and, and those kind of bands. They would say, okay, we're going to book you tonight and we're going to put five bands ahead of you. Well, then they would tell all those bands, it's like, okay, you have to sell 100 tickets at $10 a piece to get your time slot, you know, that kind of a thing. But they would also, this actually was going back to the late late 80s. You'd go to a club, we want to play your club, we want to book a night in the club. They go, well, sure, you have to sell, though, 100 tickets. I will give you a Tuesday night slot or a Wednesday night slot. It's like, well, what the heck, you know? It's like, I've got to sell 100 tickets for $8 a piece so I can play on a Tuesday night at 8.30, you know, but bands were doing it, you know, and there was there were some bands that could sell the tickets, and there were and others that just couldn't. But. Right, that's the ones like the Big Bang Babies. The same 300 people come see them every time. And so. they would need to sell the tickets because they were guaranteed to have those 300 people to come see them each time. Yeah, it was totally an equitable situation. It's, it was hardwired in favor of the promoter. It was just nothing but gravy for them. If the band came up and didn't pay them, they don't get on. You know, they yeah. have no skin off their back. You know, they're right. still getting the bar. So yeah, I remember being, you know, introducing bands down even at the Marquee and Joe Schultz would oh, be yeah. up there waiting in the wings. And the, the bells. Yeah, yeah, right. The kid with the... You know, the you know the good lead guitar player leans over and hands Joe a pile of money, you know, and that was their, that, that's, you don't get on until you pay Joe. Ain't that the truth? And I was even victimized to, to a degree by a, a form of pay-for-play. I had put together a big promotion with Jack, Jack Trash, the Thrash Trash Christmas Bash, and we had promised our audience over the air, uh, using a federally licensed vehicle to do so, and we'd promised our audience they could get in for a dollar and five cents. So come to find out, they're selling tickets for 10 bucks. Thank you very much. So, you know, it's just it's a situation with promoters and, and uh, you know, performers that I don't know how it's going to be resolved or if it ever will be. Uh, let me redirect you again. I was talking about Kevin Poor and his documentary film about vinyl and vinyl collecting and people who love vinyl records. That is called Long Playing. Very important documentary for you to see if you're interested at all in vinyl collecting and, and that subject. And uh, it's really well done. He's a friend of ours and a, and a bud here at the studio. I'm sure it's on iTunes and any of those places that you that you want to look to find it. 
And as long as uh, I'm bringing up the resources again that I would love for you to take advantage of, OC Music League, a bunch of young people in their mid to late 20s who have really got a grip on the advocacy against pay-for-play in the clubs. All right, there you have it. That's another Thrash Pie Radio podcast. Uh, Well, join me again next time. I'll be putting something together, you know, to discuss either the history of the pure rock years at KNAC-FM or some other subject related in some way to the people or the events that happened during that just wonderful, wonderful period of time. So keep your eye on your Facebook page. If you've got a comment, you want something uh, you want to hear on the Thrash Pie Radio show, hit me up at thrashpie9 at gmail.com. Keep your eye on your Facebook page for the next Thrash Pie Radio podcast.